Thank you for tuning in to the Practical Preservation Podcast. Please take a moment to visit our website, practicalpreservationservices.com, for additional information and tips to help you restore your historical home. If you've not done so, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and also like us on Facebook. Welcome to the Practical Preservation Podcast, hosted by Danielle and Jonathan Kepperling. Kepperling Preservation Services is a family-owned business based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, dedicated to the preservation of our built architectural history for today's use as well as future generations. Our weekly podcast provides you with expert advice specific to the unique needs of renovating a historic home, educating by sharing our from-the-trenches preservation knowledge and our guests' expertise, balancing modern needs while maintaining the historical significance, character, and beauty of your period home. Today on the Practical Preservation Podcast, we have um, Noelle from Old Good Things with us. Noelle, thank you for joining us. Or me. I guess it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> nice to join you too, Danielle. <laughs> thank you. Um, so tell me a little bit about your background. Well, I've been doing um, architectural salvage for, I guess, about 30 years now. And uh, it's been with the same company with Old Good Things. So I pretty good idea of the jobs we've done and, and so forth it's a lot of history in it yes 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 so um how did the how did the business get started well uh there was a small group of us and we started selling things like antique dishes doorknobs you know typical flea mat flea market type thing back in the 90s 80s Losing track now, but <laughs> it would, if it's 30 years, it would be the 90s, which, which that makes me feel a little bit old, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it started like that. And then uh, one of the guys saw it. Somebody sold him an iron gate, you know, probably from an old brownstone in Brooklyn. And he flipped it right away and gave him some ideas like, hey, why don't we do architectural? So we started it little by little. Um, I remember what I think that our first job was a historic church on First Avenue across from Bellevue Hospital. Oh, yeah. And we got some tremendous stained glass windows out of there and other architectural items and it just kept growing from there. Yes. Do you do you um, typically go and then remove the items that you're going to resell? Is that is that part yeah. of what you do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like since we've built up a um, a relationship with the contractors and demolition people in mm -hmm. the city, so they know what to expect. Yeah. You know they, yeah. they I, come I, to us. We we you know pursue them as well. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's, um, that those relationships are important because the, the, I, I know from our work where we usually go in and pull everything out that we're, that's going to get restored before the demolition crews go in because after, after they've yeah. been in <laughs> there, there won't be anything left. <laughs> well, that's part of the, yeah. that's part of the trade. You have to be extremely careful, but you also have to be very quick to stay ahead of them. Oh yes. Yes. So it's, it's a little bit pressure, but, but, uh, yeah, it works. 
So do you consider your work primarily preservation based or is it more, um, I don't know what the other word would be more antiques. Like what, what, what do you consider yourself? Or is it kind of an overlap? It is definitely an overlap because they are antiques. Um, we do deal in a lot of antique lighting. Um, we get tremendous lighting out of commercial buildings in New York City. Um, we've done that for years. So they're, they're genuine antiques, but it's definitely preservation. And we have a lot of clients that have done incredible things in their homes with these fixtures and with mm -hmm. architectural remnants. Um, even like things like gargoyles from the outside of buildings or terracotta, you know, like you can, New York is probably is like our main base of where we find things, although we spread out from there. But um, that's where we started with the architectural salvage. Yes. And like, for example, we used to do a lot with the terracotta stones. You, you know, when you're walking around in the city, you can't really see them up there you don't always look up and see all the right decorations. like the cornices is that what you the terracotta yeah. cornice okay mm -hmm. terracotta we've also done a lot with um copper cornices and not everybody can put a huge copper cornice into their home <laughs> so <laughs> the way we preserve those is we make them into what we call an altered antique and that is like we make mirrors with these big copper frames oh and they would be super wide that's that sounds cool mm -hmm. do you have pictures of those on the website yes yeah we have many more than what's on the website actually but um yeah they're great for like loft spaces and bigger spaces and we also make smaller dressing mirrors and just over the sink type mirrors too that um i think that that is especially if the building is already going to be lost it makes sense to salvage as much as you can right. out of it to to reuse it um from a preservation standpoint but also from an ecological standpoint and yeah. i know um i know portland oregon um just add it to their their already very stringent um, building code that if you're going to demolish a building you must D dismantle it pretty much so and reuse as much as you can yeah um mm -hmm. and i think that that's i think that that's probably the direction that 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 a lot of a, a, a lot of municipalities are going to go into just just to help help the the greenness and also mm -hmm. you know to kind of discourage <laughs> discourage demolition also right we've done some we've done a number of buildings like that for example what is now walt disney like row in Manhattan, 42nd Times Square, that used to be a bunch of um, theaters, like the Rialto okay. Theater, the Victory Theater, Charlie Chaplin used to perform at the Rialto. They kept the facade of the, uh, I believe it's the Victory Theater to, you know, preserve the history there. And so it was the inside that we extracted architectural elements yes yeah. yeah so they they salvaged the facade but mm -hmm. they were they need they were changing the interior yeah yeah so tell me a little bit about your products and your services um and you know like the types of architectural salvage you have what your geographic area i'm assuming you ship because you do have multiple locations but explain explain it to me um we yeah we have a 
we actually have uh, we have our New York City stores, which sadly are closed at the moment. But we, you know, we hope to reopen those soon. Those are our biggest showrooms. But our main um, our warehouses, as well as a real lo retail location, are in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Okay. So we consider that our national headquarters, even though, <laughs> even though we've got New York and then we've got LA and then we've got Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yes. So, <laughs> so, but there, that's where we house most of our larger architectural pieces. Um, and we clean them up and bring them into the city, into the showroom or clean them up and present them on the web store. And obviously more, many things are going internet. Oh yeah. Like crazy these days. So, we do what we can to get it up there, um, but people love coming into our showroom. They love coming into the warehouse and digging around, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I mentioned, we do a lot of lighting, and we restore them in in house when we when we sell them, so that they're cleaned up and ready to go when when our customers receive them. Do you? Um... Do you, do you, um, and I'm trying to think about how to say that, do you like the things that you sell on the East coast, is it different than what you saw on the West coast or is it a mixture of, of both? It's a mixture, okay. but it's, I, I guess it varies by people's tastes. Right. Um, one thing we do a lot of also is chicken wire glass. Like which, the old safety glass. Yes. There's a, a real trend with that, like in restaurants in interior hmm. design and um people buy do buy well they buy it all over but they do buy it quite a bit on the west coast um yeah we probably have the largest selection of that uh in and is that just States. sheets of it that you're that mm -hmm. you're selling okay yeah and we've gotten some from one was from an old uh a huge huge factory in birdsboro new jersey it was an iron or metalworks factory and then during world war ii they had to you know reroute their production oh, to yeah. making tanks so you know that's what they did in that that crisis during world war ii so that's what this factory was and we got some um incredible huge halophane light fixtures and oh, you know yeah, the yeah. green factory fixtures people like those in different you know different settings but we like got that in the industrial ones. look yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and then well that was one of our bigger chicken wire glass jobs but we we've also gotten chicken wire glass from the time life buildings in new york cities mm -hmm. yeah in new york city and uh places like that commercial locations yeah and uh, are they are these buildings usually getting dismantled or are they just upgrading to more modern safety glass um well the time life obviously was upgrading okay um and the other one i, I as far as i know that was demolished yeah okay, okay. so and, and we, you've talked a little bit about some of your projects and um but do, do you want to share some about you know any prominent or interesting you know pieces or or, mm -hmm. or buildings that you've that you've um that you've taken things out of well, a, a, a very interesting one that we've done recently is the Waldorf Astoria. And that took a few years of, you know, keeping after them when the contracts were coming to sell the Waldorf Astoria. So um, 
we finally got that job and they, they were able to, um, historic preservation was able to get like the, the main ballroom, the main, the main floors. So those uh -huh. are landmarked. Oh, okay. Land, landmarks rather. Right. Yeah. So the, the first few floors are landmark, which is really good. So those are as is because the rest are being condoed. And oh, yeah. what we did is we went in and carefully extracted all of the marble mantles out of the, there, which those would have been demolished yes. most certainly, um, as well as other lighting fixtures, we, many of which we have on, on our web store. Both of those items are available on our web store. Okay. We did something similar over at the Plaza Hotel um, that was years before we got the marble mantles out of there and some incredible chandeliers, some of which we still have. That's, um, yeah. Some other famous buildings is, for example, the Flatiron buildings, back to the, the window issue. <laughs> they didn't have um, chicken wire, but what, what they had in the turn of the century is uh, they would copper clad the windows in oh, yeah. the buildings. So we've extracted those type of windows, these copper framed windows in the Flatiron, the Toy Building, the Fifth Avenue Gift Center, and a few out, uh, Cooper Union. And so these are, what we do with those is we polish up the copper and make those into mirrors. Like oh, there's, yeah. yeah, many people have a, like a toy building mirror or a flat iron building <laughs> <laughs> mirror over their fireplace <laughs> against the brick wall, you know? Yes, yeah. That, that sounds beautiful. Cause then you yeah. still have the patina and you know, everything else, but you, you're mm -hmm. just, yeah, you're just switching out the glass for the mirror. Yeah. yeah. Some of them, people tend to like those ones polished, although we do patina oh. also, we do both. Mm -hmm. But um, I, that's a great piece of history to preserve because it's useful and you have a piece of history. So. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's selling, um, selling one of a kind things, you know, things that people yes. can you know, make as a centerpiece in a room that they can talk about. It can be a conversation. Yeah. yeah, we get a lot of that. Yeah. So the, um, we talked about it a little bit, but, you know, architectural salvage is a form of recycling and reuse. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you highlight? Is that something that's important to your clients? Do you, do you use that as a, like as an angle or do, is it just like a, a byproduct of, of what you're doing? You know, our, our clients are definitely interested in recycling and staying mm -hmm. green, but we're kind of like, I would have to say we're naturally green. Right. We probably should promote it more, but we, we do a little bit, but not, not quite enough. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that with our work too, but it, once you start talking to people about it, then they do realize, mm -hmm. oh, it is, you know, and I don't think that people think about our built environment as much as we probably do. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely, I mean, green is definitely what we're all about. I mean, it's right. Yeah. <laughs> we were, we were someplace yesterday and we were, Jonathan and I were just like going back and forth between ourselves. And I'm like, oh, wait, he doesn't understand what we're talking about. Let's slow down. <laughs> no. um, so what do you wish that you knew when you started that you know now? Oh, I would say like that 
if we had documented things a little bit better, because we, we still yeah. have some original pieces and I mean, we still do have that information in like, in our, in, in our people's heads who've been yes, doing it for yeah. 20, 30 years, but, and we're working on the documentation and we have some of it documented, but I, I guess that would. Yeah, I, I think that that would be, and that's when you're first starting out and you're just kind of, you know, falling into this, I could see yes. how you wouldn't, you wouldn't think, oh, this is important. Maybe we should. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a kind of a learn as you go process. Yeah, so it is. That's it is. definitely one that would, would have uh, ramped up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to share before we get, before we wrap up? Um, let me think. Um, well, you mentioned uh, about delivery. We do deliver okay. all over the country, um, big and small. As a matter of fact, we ship out of the country to retail people as well as um, other dealers or interior designers. Um, so, not, you know, not that we find a way to ship it big or small. Right. Okay. Yeah. And um, are the majority, are, do the majority of your clients come to you through an interior designer or do you, you, do you do sell directly to the consumer too? Is that correct? It's both. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot of both. Yeah. And okay. um, we try to get, it's a little tricky getting everything online. Yeah. Because these are all individual items. Mm -hmm. Not all, you know, there's some that there's multiples of, right. but they, you know, they are unique items. So that's a little tricky, but we're, we're, uh, we're, making progress. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm sure it's time consuming too. And that's, that's yes. always slows you down. You're, you're, you're trying to get work done. Not that that isn't work, but it's different. It's different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, how can our listeners contact you? Um, the easiest way is on our website. Um, oldgoodthings.com. And you have to remember to put the E after the old. <laughs> it's an easy thing to miss. Okay. And I'll make sure that that's on our site also where the, where the podcast yeah. will be. So if somebody can go directly to that and, and find you. Yeah. Um, and that's got phone numbers on, okay. um, well, they can reach us by phone on our main number. It also has our store locations, which we're looking at how to open that. Maybe we'll have to be doing appointments, which I think yeah. a lot of our customers would like actually yeah. coming yeah. in by appointment. And I think that could work well. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And that would eliminate your, the amount of people in the store, but it would also allow you to let people come in and see and touch things. So yeah. 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 We've got a lot of people who definitely like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you have any offers for our listeners? Anything that you wanted to promote? Um, let's see, you know, I didn't consider a specific discount ahead of time, but can always like say, Hey, I heard the podcast and I get the podcast discount. We'll figure okay. out what it is. Okay. That's, that's okay. fine. I will, I will just write that down and, and you, you, you that could be a negotiation. <laughs> 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 well, thank you. Thank you very much for, for coming on and, um, and sharing, sharing what you do and, and, and your piece of preservation with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Practical Preservation Podcast. The resources discussed during this episode are on our website at practicalpreservationservices.com forward slash podcast. If you received value from this episode and know someone else that will get value from it as well, please share it with them. Join us next week for another episode of the Practical Preservation Podcast. For more information on restoring your historic home, visit practicalpreservationservices.com.